You are listening to an Elam Christian Center podcast. We hope that you are inspired, encouraged, and empowered by the message you are about to hear. Hey everybody, thanks for joining us for Church Online today. Uh, we're currently in the, in the, towards the end of our sermon series, uh, Summer Hits, uh, and today I'm sharing one of my favorites, uh, Proverbs 3 verse 5. Uh, I've shared these thoughts with our Manurewa campus, but felt it relevant for us today as we walk into 2022. So come on, let's pray. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on us today, I pray. God, as we come around your word, Lord, we just come with a sense of expectation and such a faith, God, to hear from you today. And so we bring ourselves under the authority of your word. And Lord, we say we we thank you, God, for your word that continues to encourage us, uh, comfort us, lead us and guide us in the season that we are in. Lord, we love you and we honor you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Have you ever had one of those moments? where you've been absolutely confident that you were able to uh, do something or carry out a particular activity. You were so adamant that you could do it. You talked up a big game. Uh, And then when you went to do it, to attempt to do it, it looked more like a beautiful scene from a failed compilation video on YouTube. Uh, When I was in intermediate school, I was selected to represent my school in uh, cross country for the middle distance races, uh, 800 and 1500 meters. Now I have been taught a particular tactic I had a particular strategy and a way of running the 1500 meters. As long as I trusted what I was taught and carried it out, I'd be fine. I remember getting called onto the track. I was ready, introduced myself to the other boys that were there as well. We jumped onto the track on your marks, set, go, off we went. Made it through the heats, came first. Come into the semifinals, uh, we jump onto the track again on your marks, set, Go, same thing happens. I win the semifinals. I come first. We stepped onto the side of the track. We're getting ready for the finals. Some of the boys are starting to introduce themselves to each other, and I'm standing there like I can't see them. I'm all of a sudden unapproachable. I've got this cocky face on, you know, with the duck lips and the nose up in the heavens, you know. And I'm standing there, and I'm not even looking at nobody, not even talking to anybody. They start asking me questions like, hey, have you lost the race yet? And I'm like, nope, don't really know what that, that, that is. And, and so there, I'm just absolutely talking it up. Just the confidence level was extreme. Looking back up into the heavens, we jump onto the track. Uh, we jump onto the track, and then on your marks, set, go. In that very moment, I decide I'm going to change my strategy. I'm going to change my tactic, change my game plan. I'm going to sprint it for the first round, Jog for the second, sprint for the third, and then jog for the fourth. Guess what? I didn't come first. I didn't come second, third, fourth, fifth, or sixth. I came seventh in the finals. Was just absolutely too confident. A couple of years ago, our worship team uh, got to minister an item at the One Conference. Now, for this particular item, I had a part to sing, and this particular part was quite a high note hitting part. And so, anyways, we rehearsed the song. Uh, in order for me to hit this, this particular note, I had to engage certain muscles to hit that note. But we're rehearsing and I'm just hitting the note like it's nothing. You know, I'm just amazing with this note. The confidence level was just extreme. It was at an all high. You could not tell me that Babyface had anything on me. This, I, I was just hitting the notes. But come one conference, we're up on the stage, we sing the song, it comes to my part, and I decide I'm going to change my game plan. I'm going to go full throttle on this song. I'm no longer going to sing from my diaphragm. I'm going to sing from my throat. Guess what? Not only did I miss the note, 
my vocals cracked and I hit a, no a note that sounded more like screeching tires. And here's the worst part about it, is that that video was being viewed more than 10,000 times right now. I was just absolutely too confident. You see, the truth is, in both of these instances, I no longer placed my confidence in what I learned or what I knew or what I was taught, but my confidence was now more in my own ability and human understanding to try and win the race and hit the high note. Have you noticed that we often have the tendency to trust our own human ability? We want to succeed so bad in life. Society calls it hashtag winning. We desperately long and desire to win in life, to flourish in life, to prosper in life. And so we go on the constant search for the tips or the four ways to win in life. And we lean on human ability. We look to books, to podcasts, to articles, to TV personalities. We look everywhere else but the Bible to learn how to hashtag win at parenting, how to hashtag win in our finances, how to hashtag win in our marriages, how to hashtag win in our school, how to hashtag win in the workplace. We look everywhere else but the Bible. Even when we're wanting a Christian perspective on a particular aspect of our lives, we're often more likely to read a Christian book than the book, the Bible. Instead of the Word, we want the practical uh, tips and the strategies and the ideas and the concepts that have been plucked out of the world. And yes, we believe the Bible is God's Word. Yes, we believe God's Word has authority. But we somehow get roped into this misconception that God's Word doesn't do a good enough job at addressing the nitty-gritty things in our lives. What does all of this tell us? It tells us that we have a major problem that no amount of steps or tips or human ability or understanding could solve. It tells us that we are broken and don't always work right. It tells us that we are in major need of wisdom, not the wisdom of man, but the wisdom of God. So let's encourage ourselves with the word of God. The message for us today is simply titled, It's the Confidence for Me. It's the Confidence for Me. Proverbs 3 verse 5 says this, Trust the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. My first point for us today is trust. Trust in the Hebrew language is the word batach, which means to be confident and secure, to put your confidence in something or someone. Now, the Hebrew language is a pictorial language. And so the word trust is made up of three characters or pictures of the Hebrew alphabet. Uh, the first character conveys this idea of a house, this idea of being inside something. The second character conveys this idea of being surrounded by or wrapped in something. And the third character conveys the idea of a wall or a fence to protect. In other words, the word trust in the Hebrew language is this idea of being inside the surrounding wall for protection. You see, in ancient times, people lived in walled cities. They looked to their walls for their safety and their security. They had confidence in their walls to protect them. This is what the psalmist David means when he says that God is my refuge. God is my fortress. He was looking not to the walls of his home for his security and safety. He looked to God, his fortress, his refuge, and he felt safe. He felt protected because God was his safety in times of trouble. It was the same trust that caused the children of Israel to follow the instructions of the Lord and put the blood of the Passover lamb on their doorposts and lintels of their houses. When the angel of death passed through all of Egypt and saw the blood, the angel passed over their house. And so the children of Israel were safe. They were protected. Their trust in God became the wall that surrounded them inside their home. 
To trust is to put your confidence not in the surrounding wall of your career or your wealth or your understanding or your strength. Trust is the confidence that says, God is my surrounding wall. God is my refuge. God is my strength. But we have a problem with trust. You see, we don't trust because we don't know. That's why we have job interviews. Before anyone employs you, they want to know that you are the person for the job. They want to know that you are reliable. They want to know that you are who your CV says that you are. They want to know that you can be trusted and that they can trust you. The reason they don't give you the job is because they don't know you. The same goes for relationships and friendships. You don't just decide to be someone's friend or a husband or wife after a five-minute conversation. No, you hang out more, you get to know each other, you spend time together because you want to know that the person you got over the phone is the same person you're getting in real time. You want to know that the person that you're getting right now is not a phony, they're, they're not catfish. You need to know that, I, I need to know that I can count on you. I need to know that I can trust you. I need to know that you've got my back. I need to know that you're a real friend. You see, the real reason that we have trust issues with God is because we don't know him. We don't know him because we don't take the time to get to know him through his word. We don't take the time to speak with him in prayer. We don't take the time to grow in our relationship with him. And so we choose not to trust him because we don't really know him. There's a quote that I read and it says this, many want the appearance of winning rather than the practice and hard work of a true, tra true champion. You see, it's the same with trust. Far too many people want the appearance of a relationship with God, but they don't want to trust God. Why? Because trust is a hard thing. It's hard work. Trust has to be nurtured. It has to be cultivated. It is like a muscle that needs to be exercised. You're not going to know how to use it unless you work at it. And so here is a solution to the problem of trust that we have. If you find yourself struggling to trust God, you need to go back to knowing him. Go back to his word, go to him in prayer, go to worshiping, go to fellowshipping. If I'm gonna tr uh, struggle in my trust, may it be within the walls of his word. Uh, may it be within the walls of prayer, within the walls of worship, within the walls of fellowship. Why? Because to know him is to put my trust in him. It isn't the appearing to be trusting. It isn't the sounding like I'm trusting. It isn't the seeming as if I'm trusting. No, it's the trust with my whole heart. It's the confidence for me. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, with all of your being, with everything that you've got, with all of your life, every decision that you make, every opportunity that you step into, every season and everything, trust the Lord with all your heart. Turn to someone in your room, in your bubble or wherever you are right now and say, it's the confidence for me. My second point for us is understanding. Proverbs 2 verse 2 says this, so that you incline your ear to wisdom and apply your heart to understanding. Proverbs 2.11 says, discretion will preserve you, understanding will keep you. Proverbs 3.13 says, happy is the man who finds wisdom and the man who gains understanding. Proverbs 16.16 says, how much better to get wisdom than gold and to get understanding is to be chosen rather than silver. These scriptures and many other verses in the Bible that refer to understanding all point to understanding as an amazing thing. Understanding is something that is to be chosen rather than silver. And yet in our text today, we are encouraged not to lean on our own understanding. You see, understanding in the Hebrew culture is this idea of being able to judge what's right and then demonstrate that by action. In our modern world, Greek culture has influenced our thinking a lot. And so we view understanding as something that is cognitive and more to do with our mind. But in the original language of this text, understanding is an active word that is more about doing and showing that we have 
understanding. Here's an example. The reason you build a house is because you understand the process of building a house. You have to get the design work done. You have to plan. You have to measure. You have to purchase the materials. And then you've got to put the house together. Understanding, therefore, is realizing what it takes to build the house, knowing what the process is, and then going on to build the house. Our text today doesn't say lean not on understanding. It says lean not on our understanding. Lean not on human understanding. Lean not on what we know. Lean not on what we see because what we understand, what we know, what we see is limited compared to what God sees. That's the problem with our understanding. What we see is temporary. What God sees is eternal. What we see is short term. What God sees is long term. What we see is just for the interim, but what God sees is for the permanent. To lean not on our own understanding then is to acknowledge that the process, the what we know apart from God is unreliable. Our knowledge of what this building is supposed to look like and what the process is meant to look like and how our life is meant to be is unreliable compared to God's wisdom and knowledge and understanding. You see, there's a problem with our understanding. Here is a problem. It's our, the problem with our understanding is that it discounts the power, the might, the wisdom, the knowledge, and the understanding of God. Understanding usually involves uh, the image of a divine process. But what happens is we come along and we make the process more about what we want and the results that we want to see and the outcomes that we want to see. Instead of demonstrating that we have understanding, we end up being in bondage to our own understanding. But the author of Proverbs is saying, lean not on your own understanding. Don't exalt your understanding. Don't exalt what you know. Don't exalt your human efforts. And so here's a solution for us. Whenever you feel yourself starting to lean on your own understanding, here's what I want you to do. Go back to the blueprint. You see, before you build a house, you have an architect who draws the house and puts the vision on paper for you. That's the blueprint. Then you have the carpenter who comes along and takes the vision that's on the paper and makes it a reality for you. Whenever the builder gets confused or gets stuck or is unsure of what his next step is, he goes back to the blueprint. He goes back to the drawing. He goes back to the drawing that the architect put on paper. He goes back to the blueprint. You need to know today that God is not only the architect, but the master builder himself. When God builds something, he doesn't get confused about what he's building. He doesn't get stuck in the middle of the build. He doesn't become unsure about what he's building. He builds the house for optimal performance. We get confused. We get stuck. We become unsure, but God does not. We ask, why is this happening to me? Why am I going through this? When will I see my healing? When will I see breakthrough? When will I see favor? And God is saying, actually, go back to the blueprint. What does the blueprint say? What does the word say? What does the Bible say? Don't hold on to your understanding. Don't lean on your understanding. Go back to the blueprint. I want you to know this today. When you hold on to your own understanding, you do that at the expense of your destiny. You don't build so that you can go and get the blueprint. You get the blueprint so that you can go and build. The word of God is is your blueprint. It is safe. It is secure. It is true. It is powerful. It is life-changing. You can trust the Word of God. You can have confidence in the Word of God because at the end of the day, God is saying, it's not your understanding. It's not your wealth. It's not your strength. It's not your ability. Actually, it's the confidence for me. It's the trust for me. Let me ask you this question. 
What are some of the decisions in your life in 2022 that you need to trust God in? In Genesis 22, there's a story there of a man by the name of Abraham who had a decision to either trust in God or lean on his own understanding. God told Abraham to offer up his son as a sacrifice. And you see, this son was a special son to Abraham. He was a son of the promise. He was a son that he, that Abraham had been waiting for all of his life. This was Abraham's miracle baby. But now God is wanting me to offer up my son to him as a sacrifice. You see, Abraham needed to trust that there was divine purpose behind what God was asking him. He had to trust that what God had in mind was best. And so they tra traveled up to the mountain and his son asks him, Dad, I see the wood and the stuff for the sacrifice, but I don't see the lamb. Where is the lamb for the sacrifice? Abraham responds to his son and says, God will provide the lamb. That's the difference between understanding and trust. Our understanding says, where's the lamb? But trust says, God will provide the lamb. The story goes on to say that Abraham placed his son on the altar. He is about to offer him up as a sacrifice to God. And the angel of the Lord appears to Abraham and says, don't touch the boy. Now I know that you fear God. You didn't withhold even your son, your only son from me. And so when Abraham looked up, he saw a ram caught in the thicket by its horns. And so he took the ram, he sacrificed it and offered it up to God as a sacrifice. God is saying to you today, the decision that you are about to make is the prelude to the provision that I'm about to bring for you. That's why it's the confidence for me. The decision you are about to make is the prelude to the anointing I'm about to bring upon you. That's why it's the confidence for me. The decision to trust me is the prelude to the breakthrough that I'm about to bring on you. That's why it's the confidence for me. The decision to trust me when you've got absolutely nothing is the prelude to the contentment and the fulfillment of the soul that I'm about to bring on you. That's why it's the confidence for me. The decision to trust me in the face of death is the prelude to the glory that I'm about to reveal in you. That's why it's the confidence for me. The decision to trust me in the wilderness is the prelude to the promised land. That's why it's the confidence for me. Whatever the decision may be, no matter how big, no matter how small, I believe that God is saying to some of us online right now, my son, my daughter, it's the confidence for me. It's the trust for me. You can go on all your life searching for the answer, figuring it out on your own, trying to make sense of it all, but it isn't going to satisfy you like God can. Nothing is going to satisfy you more than placing your confidence and your trust in the one who knows your beginning from your ending. The one who is your wall of protection. The God who is your refuge, your strong tower. God is saying, it's the confidence for me. It's got nothing to do with your human effort. It's got nothing to do with what you know or what you have. It's as simple as this. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. But the question is, are you willing to do that? Come on, let's pray. We marvel at all the things that you've done, oh God. And we look back at the year 2021 and we realize that you kept us, you carried us, you protected us, you guided us. And so Lord, we thank you. But God, we bring ourselves once again. 
and we humble ourselves under your mighty hand because Lord you see what's ahead you know our beginning from our end and so God I pray that as we journey through this year God may we be marked by your presence may we be a people known uh, people whose faith and trust is in the living God we surrender our hearts we surrender our lives we surrender what we know Lord and we say God lead us guide us and use us in any way that you choose we love you Lord amen and amen we never like to close our services without giving people an opportunity to say yes to Jesus you see the truth is God loves you he created you and he created you to know him he created you to come into loving relationship with him but the Bible talks about a barrier that keeps us disconnected from God you see that barrier that disconnect that you feel is caused by sin Sin is doing things our way and walking in a disobedience to God. It is that sin that separates us from God. It is that sin that disconnects us from God, but also the penalty of that sin is death. You see, we couldn't try to save ourselves through good works. We couldn't talk our way out of it. There was nothing that we could do or could have done to save ourselves from the penalty of sin. But God in His grace sent his own son Jesus to die on the cross so that you and I didn't have to pay the penalty for our sins. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believed in him wouldn't perish but have everlasting life. That means that through Jesus, we can have our sins forgiven and be restored to a right relationship with God. My friend, it doesn't matter what you've done, who you did it with or how you did it, the blood of Jesus is enough to wash away your sins. When Jesus died on the cross, he took on himself what you and I would do for our sin. He extends to every one of us today his grace, forgiveness for your past, a new life right now, and a hope for your future and eternal life with him in heaven. And so if that's you and you're saying, I want to be connected to God, I want to come into right relationship with God. If that's you, I want you to repeat this prayer after me. And you don't have to be shy or afraid at all. Ain't nobody on this online service was born holy. We are all sinners who have been saved by grace. But I want you to know that we're standing with you and we've got your back. I want you to repeat this prayer after me. And you also need to know this prayer doesn't save you, but Jesus saves you. This prayer is just an expression of you putting your faith and your trust in Jesus. Dear Jesus, I know that I am a sinner and I need your forgiveness. I believe you died for my sins and rose from the dead. I turn from my sins and invite you to come into my heart and into my life. I want to trust you and follow you as my Lord and Savior. Amen and amen. Hey, if you prayed that prayer today, let me encourage you. There's a link that's coming up right now. Uh, and the link says, uh, I raised my hand or I'm committing my life or I'm saying yes to Jesus. Uh, let me encourage you, click on that link and someone from our team will get in contact you. We just want to encourage you. We want to get a Bible into your hands. We want to pray with you, but also we want to connect with you. So once again, congratulations. We are so proud of you and welcome home. Thank you for listening to this Elam Christian Center podcast. Please subscribe to keep hearing more life-changing messages. For more information about our church, please visit www.elamchristiancenter.org.nz.